The Opening Bell with Julian Valance and Jack Dickens. So much to get through, so many markets to dissect to kick off this Saturday morning with winners, especially with the Queen Elizabeth, because we've got a couple of key scratchings. Well, one especially with the stablemate of Animo Cascading coming out of uh, the Queen Elizabeth this year. I thought he would have been mighty hard to beat as well, Cascadian, but he won't be taking his place, which has changed the market around a little bit as we welcome in the team. First of all, to Jack Dickens. Good morning to you, Dicko. Big intro. You're up and about. I love it. Now, I'm a little bit nervous because I saw yeah, a photo of our great mate Jules Valance at Oakbank. This is his first Oakbank carnival in South Australia. And then I rang him up just to check on him to say, are you going to be okay for a Saturday morning, Jules? And his last comment to me, Dicko, was, I don't know if I'm in tent 10 or four. So hopefully he went into the right 10 as we say good morning. G'day, Jules. G'day, Gaz. G'day, Dicko. I'm not Whoa. one to urinate in people's pockets, but that is as good an intro as I've ever heard in any type of broadcast, Gaz. That, if people are listening at home and haven't gone through their brick wall, then they're kidding themselves. That was sensational, and you set it up so well. He is Australia's champ as we want to build it up. Um, I always consider this absolute garbage, the narrative that they talk about, because we're here to punt. But, yes. geez, that put some... Uh, that was that was spine tingling stuff. Yeah, well done. I was thinking about you because sometimes we all love the punt and racing's about the punt, and we all know we all know that we probably, I guess, all of us fell in love with this great game because of the punt and the horses. However, and the the stories that this this game can produce, there's nothing quite like it in any other sport that I can think of, and. Today, for me, it's not necessarily about the pun. It's, it's sort of become now a contest, as I, as I mentioned before, Jules. It's us against them. It's the English star, who's not quite a, the, the best horse. He's not in the top five horses, you could say, in England, taking on our best. And it's, it's a great rivalry in sport when you think about Australia and England. And I had a chat to Willie Haggis yesterday, and I thought he summed it up perfectly as well. It's, it's um, bigger than just a race today. And... This is why we love this game, because of the theatre. And when it comes to the market, Jules, there'll be a lot of people betting with their heart and backing Animo because he hasn't let them down before. And why would you want to jump off him? I totally agree. Um, and I, I think what the, what you're going to see today with the way this market's going to move, I think you're going to get a pretty good price come jump time. He sort of sits around 260, 270. I think you're going to get better. Um, that's the way I can sort of see it. And that's great for the punters out there. I think this is an opportunity for the sport to be able to transcend a little bit, to be able to get those people that not necessarily are into racing, possibly we can get their head in the door and let's try and keep them and and become lifelong racing people. And and this is an absolutely perfect opportunity for it. So, yeah, it does set up. I mean, Dubai Honours sort of as a rock. I know you spoke about the the scratching with Cascadian, which is crucial in terms of a market perspective because we were sort of sitting around 250 versus 280, sort of the two, and now you're looking at sort of 210 versus sort of 260. So I think you're going to get better animo. Um, Dubai Honor looks pretty solid as a rock. You might get better than 210, but I don't think he's going to start with the one in front of it, put it that way. But it looks like they're gapping the rest. Um, whatever you like outside of those top two, if you do, I think you're going to get much better than what is available right now. And it's been a race, Dicko, that it's already had so much theatre to it because it basically started when we had a chat to Vin Cox and he said, well, if there's too much rain, 
and the, the track is rain affected to the point where it's a heavy nine or a heavy 10, then we might not see Animo. So, and it was storms that went over the top or went over Sydney there last night, late last night. And basically it just missed Randwick. There, there was, it split, the storm split in half and, and just missed so Randwick. You're, you're which, sort of saying like, if God exists or Zeus correct. or Allah or Buddha yep. or Mary Poppins, he was there they for sort us. of shone upon Randwick correct. and shone upon this narrative that's been built yep. so that we can go head to head with this import. It's not just us versus them. It's us versus them and the turncoats. All these people have jumped on the Dubai honor. Like um, Jules. Like Jules. Yeah. Um, numbers, the, numbers, don't lie, boys. numbers don't lie. Yes. In fact, Jules fired me up when I, I remember having a chat to him a couple of weeks ago on the racing review and it was on that Monday and he was adamant that like, yeah, Dubai Honor will start favourite and Adamo will be getting beat in this Queen Elizabeth Stakes. And that's been the narrative that has unfolded over the last couple of weeks because Jules, we all know what a jet he is and he analyses markets and races better than most. And when someone like um, Jules says that, you think, well, hang on, um, we do have a race here, Dicko. But then there's the believers in the in Adam Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I sort like, of like yourself. I'll go back and have another look at it because maybe I was wrong because Jules sees it differently. But um, I've now come to the conclusion that Dubai can get in the bin, and I'm going to lay the guts out of it. And right. not just because I love Animo, but because Cascadian's out now. Um, I, I think this horse is severely vulnerable and massively overbet today. Uh, I do agree with Jules, though. It's going to be the one that they they come for. They already sort of have. I think it'll start around two ten, two twenty. I'll be top odds at Baggy for a while. I, I just think there's a few chinks with it, Jules. Like, it's Ryan Moore off. It's actually never seen a heavy track. It's a by, it's by Prodigy by, so we know the breed a little bit. Uh, I, I think there's a couple of chinks here. It was completely blessed in run when it won. It's not going to be blessed here the same way. And uh, I want to take it on. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, all power to you. That, that's good, and that's why we have bookmakers, to, to have opinions, and we meet in the marketplace, and we work it out. What I will say is that, you know, we sort of got that first bit right that I thought this horse would start favourite. He will start favourite the way we're seeing it. Now I don't know what the result's going to happen. Plenty can happen in the run. And Dicko makes some really valid points on the chinks of Dubai Honor. He's got to be able to do it again. So his number's there, hence why he's favourite. So people go, oh, he did it once. So, you know, uh, it means nothing. Well, it means a lot because the marketplace is suggesting that the number was enormous. Now he's still got to be able to do it again. And a lot of people out there are suggesting he might regress. But we're on here talking about what we think the market's going to do. Dubai, Dubai Honor, from what I can see right now, he's going to start the favourite. I love the fact that Dicko's going to take him on. Um, it's it's going to be fascinating because, you know, there's there's many variables to horse racing. This race is just another example of it. 0499 736 736. If you've got a question for the team ahead of the championships or at Sandown today, or you might have a question about the derby market in WA. I want to ask you about this horse, Dicko, Unicorn Line, because the Japanese have been the, well, they're, they're the best nation in the world at the moment. They proved that on Dubai World Cup night. And uh, we get Unicorn, Unicorn Line arriving here, trained by arguably the best trainer in the world and ridden by a man who just loves riding Japanese horses in D-Lane. Mm. And he's at a price here to suggest that... Um, that he's a terrific each way hope you would imagine, but I don't think the, the, the punters the want car- to have anything to do with him. The current market is spitting out two horses. It's Animo and Unicorn Lion. Now, yep. as we talked about every week, 
the, we've had 17 minutes now of proper betting and it hasn't moved at all, come in at all. It's slightly tight on the exchange, so it might crunch. It's just going to be, this is an area where I've got no confidence in. I'll just wait to see what the big boys do with their numbers and this, but I think the chink is this horse on a heavy track. The, the, the sort of belief is Japanese horses run on firm twos. So they, yep. they want a, like a good, if this, if it was a good four, I'd anticipate this horse would have been a lot shorter, Jules, like single figures comfortably. Yeah, I totally agree. I think he would have started single figures, no doubt. He's he's the one horse outside of it. I know from the start they were gapping the rest. He's the one horse that is solid. So there's no real crack in him at this stage from a market perspective. Whereas you sort of he's very similar in price to a horse, say like Montefilia. Montefilia is going to start twenties. It just that's just the mm. way it's going to be. So whereas Unicorn Lion, I don't think that's going to happen at all. He could stay his price. I think because he's got the numbers there. Uh, we don't know enough about him probably to really pot him. So they're not going to throw him out at, you know, keep laying him because we just don't know enough. His best is good enough. I agree with everything Dicko says on a wet track, probably vulnerable, but um, he's the one other horse that is solid enough in this market. Just as Jules speaking, that's a, that's a pearl there. So the bookmakers, ourselves, Jules and I, are the big boys, there's no opinion of confidence on this horse. So no one's going to try and lay it for sure maybe people might back it. Whereas everything else here, we have a nice profile on and we're happy to back our opinions on. So just the the last one with this race. Last week, Jules, when we were doing the opening bell, the rain was starting to fall at Randwick and all of a sudden the, the game changed completely for day one of the championships. What should we be thinking about this race according to a market right now in case there's a few other variables that might be thrown us thrown at us throughout the day, whether the track dries out or there is a shower or there's um, a massive advantage being on pace. How do we go about all of that and what's your advice there? Yeah, I think probably the only thing that really happens now is that's the variable that we can't cater for right now is what this track does. If it becomes, as you say, possibly very favoured to on pace or rail off or, or whatever it might be. And I'm not suggesting either will happen. That's the only variable we can't cater for because we've had a week to work out that this is going to be a heavy track. There's no doubting that. We had the heavy track seven days ago. We've now got our heads around. The market's definitely cottoned on to this is what we're playing on. I don't think it dries out enough to be a soft six. And if it does, you know, probably the only horse that probably tightens up is Unicorn Lion, as Dicko said. So, um I think we've got all the information we have, and I don't think there's anything out there that's going to, you know, spring the joker in the pack. So that's a positive. Um, this market's pretty settled. There's no yeah. doubting that. I, I think you're going to get a little bit better animo, though. So if you're liking, just keep your powder dry and then have a big crack at the death because you're going to get your best price, I think. I, I think it's a, it's a day where you need to just, like, settle into your bunker, adjust your maps, predict the pattern, then look at the pattern, what's happened and what's unfolding, adjust and don't be overly like firm on a price. Like if you if you like Moonga at nineteen dollars and now it's fifteen dollars, I'd take the fifteen because that's a push from mm-hmm. from smarter people than us that this horse is going to be suited the way this track's racing. Stuff like that, you need to be really flexible and adjust as the day unfolds. Not just at uh Randwick, but especially at Sandown. There's rain coming, there's not coming, Gareth and God help us at Oakbank. It'll yep. be exactly the same sort of setup there. Very much a bull sort of operation where the pattern will develop throughout the day. And do you know I'm a, do you know how I'm a romantic? And I think Jules, I think Jules is a, he's a, 
he's got a lot of romance oh. in him, haven't you, Jules? It's just like, don't go down that path, Gary. No, I, no, no, because <laughs> what are you saying? Are you what I'm saying it? is that for the best text message, and they're flowing in today, we're giving away an opportunity. Bring him to lunch. To part own a horse that has captured the hearts of a racing public. Like, there is Adamo, but there's there's his stable mate, Kementari. So the best text message chosen by Jules will win a an opportunity to own a share in Kementari for the Quokka in a week's time. And if Kementari wins, you'll win. You'll get $500, Jules. So with Damien Oliver booked to ride, I've just got a feeling that – There'll be something special with Kim and Tari next Saturday. So best text message, 0499 736 736. Jules will decide that today. We'll win that free share in Kim and Tari for the Quokka. And as I've always said in the last couple of days, you can go and tell your mates at the pub or if you're playing netball or whatever you're doing today that, hey, I'm going to own a horse um, with uh, Sheikh Mohammed. And there's not too many other people that can say that. We'll take a quick break. It's 22 minutes past nine. Uh, You're with Gareth Hall, Jack Dickens, and also Jules Valance for winners on this Saturday morning. 0499 736 to join our conversation. This is the opening bell as we analyse the markets here ahead of uh, the final day of the championships at Royal Ramwick. And one of the most fascinating runners all day around the country is in the Queen of the Turf, horse by the name of Alcohol Free. Now, she was purchased... For $10.1 million, she was the second highest horse ever to be sold at an English horse sale. And uh, she's now owned by Yearlong Farm here in Australia. And she's the favourite for the Queen of the Turf Stakes. Now, she's won four Group 1s. She was mighty behind a horse by the name of Bahid, who's one of the greats of uh, the modern era. And William Haggis trained Bahid, of course. He trains Dubai Honour. And this is what he had to say about alcohol-free yesterday when I had a chat to him on Giddy Up. But as I've said to several people, if uh, the alcohol-free that we saw in England uh, turns up tomorrow, no one will see her. She'll be that good. She's a very, very talented filly and much better than Purple Pay. So she's around $2.80 now. Alcohol free, Dicko. When you listen to a legend like William Haggis say that, do you back him in and do you back Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott? Uh, I didn't even listen when William was speaking. No offense, William, but um, yeah. like it's it's totally irrelevant to what's happening today. I, I think. Okay. Um, I'm scared. I'm scared big time about the horse. I, I just can't get it near the price. It's been a little bit soft just the last little bit. I thought. Um, but the race sort of it just pivots right around this horse. Like if they crunch this horse, then it's kind of what Jules speaks about, which I think is the utter truth that if these first up horses with it, not much of a profile locally, but a profile overseas, if the market comes for them, they're probably just going to win, Jules. Oh, I totally agree. This is a proper race horse. And I think, you know, as much as we, we do consider the trainers white noise, I mean, you got to, you respect what they say. I mean, he's, he understands the game and the horses that he's running against um, alcohol-free. But she's, she's like, this is a proper race horse. And the market identifies that, as you can suggest, you know, unsighted here, clear favourite. I think probably gaps them from a market perspective. It's hard to find a chink of why you would pot it. So the last 10 minutes will be really important, and that's probably from a parade perspective. I mean, I know James McDonald is not exceeding market expectation at the moment, but... 
he's still a quality world-class jockey. Like, where do you find the chink? Group one horse in Europe uh, matches up. It's hard to see this horse getting to, say, a 5 to 2 $3.50 from where its price is right now. It's just hard to see it. And the only reason you do see it is if she parades poorly. So I think it's one of those ones where you wait till that last 10 minutes, catch it with the eye, and then go from there. I mean, you look at horses like Levante, I think that if you like it, probably is going to be double figures. Um, but there's other horses that sort of have got cracks in them and I'm surprised a little bit about. Like a horse like Hope in Your Heart, we bang on it a, little, a lot about seven-day backup, wet to wet. It's a perfect profile for a race like this. But that's $7, I think you're going to get better. So there's gaps there and there's a big, you know, a horse that we've sort of been hanging on. I think, Gaz, you spoke to us about two weeks ago and you put this horse in the paddock, Cyril Leo Miss. Um, <laughs> she is rock hard in the market. Like this is a really that's good rough. push for a horse. You've got to trust the numbers. But the numbers in Melbourne are enormous. So you've got to say, well, it's not the Cyril O Miss that I knew 12 months ago. Forget about that. The market's telling us what she did in the last two starts are proper group one mare numbers. And the market's screaming at us that she is right in this race. So that's a positive push for her. Um, but it goes right. It revolves around this favourite. And uh, Deny Knowledge came out, which comes from the Sorello Miss race and won really well yesterday at Geelong, which yeah. sort of stamps that race a little bit, but doesn't stamp it at a Group 1 level. I could have won at Geelong yesterday if I was leading, Dicko. Well, I'm just, yeah, like, like Jules, I'm just grateful that they haven't spelled Sorello Miss after the mail. Yeah. But um, it runs around. It'll lead. <laughs> um, it, it, that, that, that's a big relevant factor. How's this track been racing? This is race nine. Um, I, I'm staggered the price and the softness of Exolita, who started like a third of the price for Sorello Miss last time they met. A start ago for yeah. Exolita, two starts ago for Sorello Miss. With, um, with, with all due respect to Sorello Miss and Exolita and those type of horses, they wouldn't pick up alcohol freeze bags, Dicko. Like she was, she she wasn't beaten far behind one of the greatest of all time, Bahi. Yeah, but if alcohol free starts three twenty, three fifty, I'll probably get involved at the with these bigger priced horses like a tissue and exolita. Yeah. Um if it starts two fifty, I'll just watch the race and enjoy it. Let's take as a, yeah, as a punter, that's how I'd handle this betting really race. Yeah, really quickly. That's for the punters out there. But if she should start with a two in front of her, this horse. Her profile, she should start with a two in front. If she doesn't, it means she's paraded poorly. Yeah. Mm. It's an interesting, she's one of the most, she's the most fascinating runner, fascinating runner for me all day, alcohol free, because she's got such a boom on her. She's proven herself at group one level against some of the best in the world. And uh, now she comes to Australia races in a mare's race and she is trained by Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bot now. And she was purchased for what, $10.1 million. I think they're already starting to nibble a few. The horse that Jules mentioned, I quite like as well, Hope in Your Heart. It's been nine into seven since yep. we started talking about this race just about. So they are betting around it early on. Let's take the news, then we'll come back and we'll have a look at the Sydney Cup. What are you really gambling with? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Welcome back to Winners on this Saturday morning. Great to be with you. What a day it promises to be. We're on a heavy eight at uh, Rose Hill or Ramwick this afternoon for day two of the championships. I don't think we'll get an upgrade. There is drying conditions. We've got a fine day today. I don't think anyway we'll get out of the heavy rain. So I would be doing your form for a heavy track because they have had a lot of rain over the last week. Let's have a look at this Sydney Cup. Did you – did you – um? Did you um, hear the news that the 
So they won the Melbourne Cup with Gold Trip, the Australian Bloodstock team, last year. So they auctioned off the Melbourne Cup yesterday at a function. And Neil Wearett, who's famous, of course, for owning Black Caviar, and he's got a, a host of horses, Neil. He's one of the great supporters of the game. He purchased that cup for how much do you think, Dicko? 2000 No. $800,000. What? <laughs> 800000 So, oh, and, and that goes back. Get in touch. J-O-N-O at the mailbag. That, that, here, my man. That, we'll that, find you one. that goes back into the ownership um, pool. So he, he gets a little bit of that. I don't know how much of a Bassani owns of Gold Trip, but there you go. He had to fork out $800,000 for that Melbourne Cup there yesterday. Why? Because it's like. You were closer than me, Dicko. I would have said eight bucks. <laughs> well, it's a Melbourne Cup. I would pay. No, it is. It's no, a Melbourne Cup, boys. How much would you pay for it, like a Melbourne Cup, Dicko, in your pool room? dollars he said. Yeah. <laughs> Two and a half, maybe, if I won it myself. <laughs> Gold trip. If yeah. I won it myself, it wouldn't be going to auction, would it? Now, this, is, a, be... <laughs> this, is an inter- this is an interesting race. I'll start off with you here, Jules. What price will Cleveland start? Um, I don't think you're going to get any better than what he is right now, okay. to be honest. So... Um, he is really solid across the board. So you want to try and find a crack in him. There's no real fragility in this horse from a market perspective. So he's pretty solid. Um, he could possibly start with the three in front. There's no issue there. Um, you can get to the $4.20 out there at the moment, but I don't think that's really going to be the true price. I think he's going to be a little bit shorter than that. So that's a solid push for him. Ken Frankel the same. There's no real issue from a market perspective there. He is solid as a rock at $6.00. And then, and then you got some, you know, weakness sort of in the markets of those middle pinners. Sort of, without there's still a bit of support for them. I'm not saying they're going like you know there's going to be gapping in them. Um, there's enough support for a few of them, but there's a few that you can sort of say, okay, well, you know, instead of getting 15 bucks, you'll probably get 20 at the best. Dicko, do you think Gold Trip? What price will he start, and can he do it again? I don't know. I think he might start double figures. But I'm not confident. Uh, Knight's order, they've backed a little bit early on. Um, I think that's just because it's going to stay. It's up on speed, makes its own luck, ticks a few boxes. I'll just be watching with uh, absolute fascination to what they do to, to the number three, Baron, Samedi, and Cleveland. They're the two horses, a bit like alcohol-free, that the race revolves around from a betting point of view. If they or If both of them were extremely soft, I'd start to really look at the locals and find ways to bet. But I'd anticipate one or both of them uh, shorten and one of them wins. Uh, Jules, I think. And just, for, yeah. and just from that perspective, sorry, Gaz, Dicko's right. Like, they're really solid, both Baron. Like, he's, there's, no, there's no hole in him at all from a market perspective. Where are these other locals you can see? I think the floor has been reached for Knight's order. So, that $11, $10, I don't think he starts single figures. I know he's been supported in to that $10, $11. I think you're going to get back better. So don't think you've missed the boat with a horse like Knight's Order if you've missed that price. I think you're going to get a better price come jump time. Do they know what we're doing or do the punters know what they're doing in the Oaks at, what, 9.38 this morning? They've got absolutely no idea. Yeah. Like none. <laughs> and it's fascinating. They, they've like, there's been a little bit of money for Fireburn, but now like it's just been no money since 9am. Uh, Pavitra's half soft could start with a yeah. four in front of it, which is fascinating yeah, it does, to me because it? it's got an SP does, profile yeah. versus a lot of key rivals here. Um, well, I, I really the expected them, them to be there to be money for the 10 premise who started $9 versus Roots 26 last start was slaughtered, was good. And I, I, I'm going to back it. 
Uh, I thought it would it would shorten already. I'm surprised it hasn't. I, I think this is a really good betting race. If you like one, you're going to get a good price if you're outside of the the Kiwi horse with the profile and the and Pravitra. So Jules Pravitra is unwanted because I think she's a lot better on top of the ground and she's not going to get that today. I would imagine that's why she, no one wants to to have a bar of her this morning. Yeah, I think that's a a, a very um... Valid comment, no doubt. I think she definitely, as Dico says, she starts at the four in front. There's no doubting that. This New Zealand filly is really warm. Um, she's tight. So if you're getting, if you can get $7 out there, I'd take it because you're not going to get $7 come jump time unless we see something terrible from a parade perspective. Uh, she is really solid. Um, you know, we, we always talk about this. We spoke about it on the review show with the Derby, that seven day into seven day. Arts won like Farlap last start. Yes. And, you know, there's a little bit of a gap. A, sort of gaping hole in her in terms of a market perspective. But I would think at the death, I wouldn't be surprised if she tightens up. So all of a sudden, if these horses tighten up, you're just going to see continually Pervitra get to that $4 plus. So if you like the favourite, back it at the death. It'll be your best price. What price half cabin today then, Dicko? And what should we do with him on a heavy on a heavy track, but going back to his pet distance, I think, of the, the sprint trip? Oh, like, I'm uncomfortable with this race. Um I think he's going to be soft, but I don't understand why. Um, I, I, the market has no idea. It'd be my like opinion at the moment. I reckon there'll be limited wagering on the race in, in a way. So um, at the moment, I'm cuddling aft cabin because I just have a lot of respect for the horse and I'm cuddling coat. Um, but I, I want to lay Zoo Tiger, but like Jules, it's probably the strongest of those in the market at the moment. Yeah, surprisingly, I'm the same with you. I'm happy. We're happy at Foxcatcher to be to be laying Zoo Tiger. We're sort of going to be, you know, probably like you, trying to be best in the market with him. We're trying to get as much as we can out of him. So if you like Zoo Tiger, come to our door. But I will say that Wee Nessie's the one that's tightened right up. Um, Jeez, um, it was good yeah. at, the, at the Valley. Like, whoa, was good. Yeah. D-Lane. So there's enough support to suggest, you know, if you can get 950, I don't think that last thing is going to be a lot shorter. Hard to work out. I think probably if we had this conversation 15 minutes ago, guys, with that mm-hmm. cap, and I would have said you've probably a chance to get six to four or $2.50. That's probably maybe not on the table, but it's an interesting one because I think you're going to get better than 210 at some stage in the run. I just don't know where the ceiling is with that cabin from a market perspective. Well, that- he's, he's performed on, on heavy tracks, so there's no real knock the heavy track. So I just can't see him blowing, but yeah, I just confused by this race a little bit that wee nasty horse two from two on a heavy track so i agree with jules if you like it have it now we'll take a break we'll come back and we'll analyze the sandown meeting a few of the key races there and we'll get the opinion of jules and dicko on what price we should be taking for a horse like white marlin who's the current favorite for the melbourne cup Welcome back to Winners on this Saturday morning. It's a pleasure to be with you. Let's have a look at some of the races at Sandown on the Lakeside track today. The Easter Cup is an interesting contest because we have White Marlin, who's the current favourite for the Lexus Melbourne Cup on that first Tuesday in November, Dicko. He's short enough here, I think, today. What price do you think he'll star and do you think he'll win? I have no idea um, if he'll win. Uh, no idea about the intent. He's drawn awkwardly. Do they roll forward? I think a really key point for Sandown today is it should be heavily on pace suited. 
Um, and, and that'll be where you'll see some of the movements of the markets in the earlier races and other races. That's what they're focusing on. Horses that are going to be mm-hmm. in that sort of slot and have handled a soft to a heavy track before. Um, there's a lot of confusion with the weather at the moment in Melbourne. You know, it was supposed to be like Noah's Ark yesterday. It wasn't. Um, I think this horse will start closer to $2 and $3. Um, and if it does, you almost cannot bet into the race because it's potentially a lot better than everything else in this race. Jules? Fascinating race. I mean, a bit of speed comes out of the race from a map perspective. Barb Raider, who rolls forward, comes out. Sparkle comes out. So you think right you are probably leads from one. Fitness Edge has to take. Doesn't want to give away that barrier advantage. You think White Mullen probably sits outside it. Uh, we sit down and we go, okay, well, what are these horses that we want to try and be aggressively laying? And this is the perfect horse for us. We're the top price in the market. We think he is a, no doubt probably the best horse in the race, absolutely. But when he's at this price point, and we talk about this a lot, price sensitivity is king, and we just think he's short enough. We just can't get him that short. So we've got to try and get something out of him. Um, so happy to be top price, White Marlin. If he beats us, well, I, I think the setup is awkward for him at best. If he comes out and wins this be five... Now I'm worried about the rest of them in the spring. Um, and I know these horses that he's meeting today won't be his competitors in the spring, but it just means that his horse is, you know, going in the right direction, which we knew, you know, last spring. Um, but we're happy to be laying this horse. But uh, I'm excited to see him back. My, my my advice to any punters out there, and it's dangerous for me giving you any advice, is, <laughs> is, is that we didn't know Dubai Honor a month ago. The Australian punters, you went into a pub and said, do you know who Dubai Honour is? They wouldn't know. So don't get carried away in backing for a Melbourne Cup when we don't know who's coming from Europe or even Japan for our great race on that first Tuesday that's, in that's, November. That's, that's outstanding advice. Thank you. I um, endorse that don't tell me, Don't tell me, Jules, they're backing Anton again, are they? They actually are, which <laughs> surprises me because I am happy to be – we're happy again to be top price of Foxcatcher yet. So – He's been supported this morning. Um, I think he probably might have found the floor there, though. I think you're probably going to get better if you like him. And we know the market gravitates to this horse all the time. He's got big numbers. We know that. In essence, his potential is to be a Group 1 horse, but he just hasn't been able to display it on the racetrack when the punters have needed him. But he's always going to be popular. Again, we're happy to be top price him and and see what happens. So um, you like him? I'm back in with us. Oh, so that's interesting because it might you're... be a good race, G, to have both the the baggy and the fox catcher apps up together and see how high we go. Because I hate the horse too. I don't know why they're backing it, and uh, <laughs> we might need to have a little what therapy about session. Who, you like you race. like you like Buffalo River, don't you, DK? Yeah, I, look, I liked him a little bit more with the weather forecast because I think he's bomb proof on a heavy track. But I, I certainly don't think Ayton's any special on on a soft track. I mean, he's only seen. Uh, one soft track and one heavy track, but he failed on both. Um, I think the horse is half a myth. And it's a race where there's a couple of horses that looked half prime to me outside of Buffalo River, who I really like here. I don't mind Buffalo River on a good track, let alone on a soft track. Um, he's got those track and trip stats. He won't soften at all in the market, would be my opinion, Buffalo River. Um, the one I think they'll come for, and if you like it, I'd have something on, is Lady of Honor. I personally don't like it today, but I just think it's going to settle up on speed. It handles soft tracks. It's race fit. It's got a nice SP profile. I think they'll come for that horse and it'll start single figures. Okay, we'll take our final break on the other side of it. We'll come back with our 
bit of bets on the programs that we've just had a chat about. And Jules surely's got something for us at Oakbank, surely. He's been walking the streets at one o'clock in the morning. So surely someone said, Jules, you better back this. And we'll get their lays of the day as well. Plus we'll get to your text messages. This is winners on this Saturday morning. You're with Gareth Hall, Jack Dickens and Jules Valance. Welcome back to... Winners, that was the quickest break of all time. We'll get through a couple of text messages in just a moment. So, <laughs> Dicko, there's a Waller horse that's been heavily supported in race two there at Sandown. What does that tell you? Uh, just scary. I've already laid it, and um, they just want to completely, like, absolutely be with it. A few gear changes. It's uh, drawn barrier three, so you can anticipate uh, intent. I think it'll be up there on the speed, which will be where you want to be today at Sandown. Um, I don't know how much shorter it can go. Um, I have a hard time, Jules, trusting the numbers and the form from, from Canterbury and Kensington, and that's what this horse has, so I wanted to be against it. Um, but it looks like I was wrong. Your read? Yeah, it's a tricky one because it's off 43 days, soft track, but I sort of like this horse, and I thought they wouldn't, they might come for it. They have, so it sort of means that they're a little bit worried about the rest of them. For example, horses like Royal Mansion, who's solid enough, and then they're completely gapping horses like um, Clarity and no diggity first up. Like, it's just been acting like it needs the run. So, yeah, it's really so. It's a po- positive push for a camp that's not going that well in Melbourne. The stats show us that, um, that when the money's on, they don't miss too often. Mm. Let's have a look at a few text messages before we wrap up this hour here on the opening bell. Do you lads think a dolphin scratch Cascadian because they were worried he would defeat Adamo also? Had it been a heavy 10, do you think they would have scratched Animo and not Cascadian? I think that listener makes a very good point there. Jim from Mass. I'd, I'd agree with that. And we've just got to pray that we don't cop the rain. Like we did this show last week thinking we're on a, probably a soft track. No, they tell me week. they tell me the sun is out. Yeah, I know, but they tell us that all the time. Jimmy from Mafra says, Morning, gents. Dubai on it. Agree with Dicko. It is a risk due to the following. Jockey chain, second up syndrome, Cadolphin finals magic. I think that Cadolphin thought that Animo's biggest risk was Cascade, and he's now been scratched by the stable. Go, Animo. That's from Jimmy from Mafra. My prediction is there will be a track upgrade, and Animo will win by a length and eased up. That's from Swanee. Um, The big A is a rock star. Win, lose, or draw. It made me sad hearing the race calls featuring his battles with Thunderstruck. Though happy punting, boys. That's from Steph. Statement last start, too bad to be true. That's from Graham from Mona Vale. He'll bounce back today. That's a fair call. Yeah. Dave says, SCN track is the best racing information during the week. And this hour with Jules and Dicko is a must listen for punters. So valuable to hear the likely market moves as it helps me decide whether to back what I fancy now or wait. Great show. And I'm not just saying that. So I try and win the prize. That's a very good point you make. Um, but I think he probably is favourite to win the prize, Jules. <laughs> yes. So What's Dave, his name? Dave. Dave from Frankston South. Yeah, you're getting the, Dave, you're getting a sling. <laughs> yeah. Frankston South. Come around and have a beer, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you like today, Dicko? What's your, your best bet and what's your lay? I, I quite like Buffalo River in at Melbourne. I'm going to lay uh, the Waller Horse Kazoo race two. I already have. Just pray for me because it's going to be grim if it wins. Uh, race one, Foxycon. They're the two horses I'm going to take on early at Sandown. And then in Sydney, um, I'm going to lay Jaboy Honor. I'm going to back Premise in the Oaks. I'm going to back Numerian and El Patroness in the uh, Queen Elizabeth. And I'm going to have something at a huge price on Exolita okay. in the, uh, whatever the other group one is, race nine. We've got, we've got an extra couple of minutes here. So even give us a call, one three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. We'll open up the lines. 
And uh, the best call or the best text message can win a $500. Not He's got a Kemitari, he's got a win, but you can win a share in Kemitari for the Quokka in just over a week's time. Or in fact, it's in a week's time. I'll be there live at Ascot. Can't wait for that. We'll have a tent that'll be rocking. And if Animo wins today, even though the sheep might just fly him up, <laughs> he can join <laughs> us in the, in the marquee. A couple of years ago, Ram, we could cop some rain and some strong winds. Sunny day, thinking an upgrade um, to a soft seven. I think that is ambitious, Graham, but I like the positivity that you're thinking. Class full operator. I Correct. like that, Graham. Now, now, Jules, what's your best in the lay? Because I want to know something. Have you got anything for us at Oak Bank this afternoon? And the lanes at the Oak Bank, have you walked the track? Yeah, and are they going to yeah, drift? Yeah, the track. Yeah. Um, you had no yeah, idea you, what you had you no remember? you had no idea what your great mate was saying there yesterday, JJ Jordan. Did you really? <laughs> Oh, I don't listen, um, <laughs> and, I think, and I think most should take that advice. Um, not only did I walk that track, I ended up sleeping on it last night, so uh, I know it very well. Um, and he likes Gay Gree in the in the sprint, guys. So okay. that's that's what we're backing at False Catch. We're going to have a good bet on it, Gay Gree in the um, in the the good sprint, which is a list race, it's a good little race that. And uh, hopefully the fans get out there and, and support the day, but. Um, we're happy to be laying at Sandown, Ayrton and White Marlin to a certain point. We'll try and get something out of it. Good horses. We love laying good horses, you know, at certain points. And we're not saying they're bad horses. We're saying they're good horses. They, they get their chance to win. But as a bookmaker, you've got to try and take these horses on at certain points. And, and that's what we're here to do, to give the punters, you know, what they consider possibly a spoil. And if you pull your pants down, good luck to you. So eight bank, they've got no jumps racing this year. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. We've got the Derby in Perth as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Dicko, there's What's a ho- Simon Miller tip, Joe? No, there's a horse that I'll be fascinated to see what the market does today because it's from Johnny O'Shea. It's by Awesome Rock. So that's a bull that's based in WA. And it looks like it'll be like, if it turns up for mine, it should just be winning. Now we had a chat to your man, Pete Anthony's there. Pistol. Pistol, yeah, the other day. And he but said... I'd love, to, I'd love to get a video on Pistol and Jules having lunch, a long lunch. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. So, awesome, John. What price? I reckon you'll start closer to 250 than, say, 350 awesome, John. And I think he'll be winning. Pike and John O'Shea, I think, yeah, he'll be too strong. The only concern, as Pete pointed out, was the, the map and how much tempo in this race because there's no leader. But surely when there's no leader on paper that Simon Miller can do his speed maps for John O'Shea and say, Pikey, go and set the pace, mate. Go and get the job done, Dicko. Well, yeah, Pikey on a leader, um, that's high-risk behaviour as a punter, but uh, it is Pikey in the West, so you can't completely pen him. Yeah. Hey, boys, have a wonderful day. Jules, I wish you the best of luck. Is it true that that James Jordan, you said towards the back end after you went out for dinner, so where was staying, James? And he said, you're not staying with me. You didn't have any, any place to live. Yes, it's unbelievable. It's, it would have um, been cold on the yeah. on the track of you he, by yourself. He's no luckily. animo, is he, JJ? He's no help. animo. I don't know if you want to go to war with him. <laughs> uh, I can't imagine JJ anywhere near war, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, boys. Thanks for that. There we go. Thanks for that, Dicko. Have a wonderful day. Oh, bye for now. There we go. There's Jack Dickens and Jules Valance. And uh, great to have the boys to analyse the markets, the all-important markets especially ahead of a big day um, at Sydney there with the the second day of the championships, a good meeting there at Sandown and some other terrific programs right across the country.
Now, we'll take a break. This is winners on this Saturday morning, thanks to Picklebet. And, geez, I'm looking forward to analysing these markets and races with Mickey Gannon for day two of the championship straight after the break. As I mentioned in the intro, you can get $2.60 animo with Picklebet, $2.10 for Dubai Honour. It'll be interesting to see what that market does throughout the day. So we'll take the 10 o'clock news and then get set, fill up your Picklebet accounts, and we'll get... Uh, ready to try and find a few winners on this Saturday. It is 10 o'clock and it's news time.